0: You're listening to a Tiger Hall podcast. For more interviews with many of the world's most inspiring business leaders, uploaded daily, download Tiger Hall from the App Store or
1: Google Play. We have to kind of become aware of the things that we're eating and drinking and putting in our body because food is not just calories. Food is a message. Food food has chemicals in it that are messengers to our cells and tell the body how to perform.
0: We're in the Tiger Hall with functional medicine nutritionist, Kareen G. Reiter. Kareen, you frequently advise busy corporates on the dietary changes they should make to perform at their peak. And we're very happy that you're here to share some of your advice with Tiger Hall members. So to start with, let's look at a day in the life of someone running at peak performance. From a nutrition standpoint, can you give us an overview of the meals and snacks and all of the nutritional aspects here?
1: Thanks for having me, guys. So I'm going to describe your day in the life of my life because I feel like I perform at peak performance and having a very busy career and being a mum, and being very, very active, balancing a lot of balls, that requires peak performance if you want to be in a good mood and still be able to do all that. So one of the things that I'm very aware of is fasting. There's three stresses that are very, very good for the body. First stress is fasting. Second stress is heat and cold therapy. And the third stress is exercise. So we're all used to speaking about stress being bad for our body, but actually there's types of stresses that actually make the body perform better. And one of these is fasting. So one of the things that I often do and tell my clients to do is to fast overnight because it's easiest to fast overnight because you're sleeping. So eating an earlier dinner, so making sure that you have at least three hours between when you finish dinner and when you go to sleep. I typically try to have my dinner around 6 p.m. So I sit down with the kids, we have a meal together. They say that if your kids eat dinner with you, it increases their IQ dramatically. So it's one of the things I'm really focused about, having a family dinner. So I'll have my dinner around 6 p.m. and then I will typically fast 12 hours. There's a lot of research about fasting more. Most of the research has been done on men, not on women. And Some of the research is suggesting that fasting very long for women is not that helpful. Fasting longer than 12 hours for men could be great. So fasting is really, really good at uh, making sure that your digestive system is going to work properly, reduces inflammation, uh, boosts hormones like testosterone, for example, gives you more energy and helps your body's immune system fight stronger. So definitely be fasting about 12 hours, sometimes 14 hours. So if you're fasting for 12 hours and you ate dinner, say at 6 or 7, you're not eating breakfast until 7 or 8 a.m. If you feel good, if you feel energetic, you could fast a little longer. But fasting is definitely the one thing that I recommend people to start introducing into their life. And just even an early dinner and a later breakfast, if you can just remember to do it like that, it's a great way to get yourself into peak performance. The second thing I'll do is first thing after I've woken up, I'm going to hydrate. A lot of us are dehydrated after we wake up. We've been sleeping the whole night, whether we've been sleeping in an aircon or with a fan, even in cold climates, we dehydrate, the body dehydrates. Pretty much every single person that comes into my clinic will say to me, oh, I drink coffee or tea first thing in the morning. And I say, that's probably the worst thing to do to your body because it dehydrates you even more. So one of the first things I tell people to do in the morning is called hyperhydration means you're drinking about a litre to a litre and a half of water. That's a lot. It's a lot. But your body is 70% water. And you need water. Your joints need water to be properly lubricated so that prevents injuries if you're exercising in the morning. Um, th- the cells need water in order to, to perform properly, in order to get the nutrients that they need so that you can think properly, so that you can function properly, so that your digestive system works properly. 70% of the population have gut issues, a majority of them constipation. If only everybody drank a little bit more water, that problem would probably be gone. So making sure to get in a good liter and a half of water. One of my tips is making sure you put, you know, a big, big, big glass of water or a bottle of water next to your bed. And as soon as your alarm clock rings, you kind of make this little rule in your head and say, I'm not getting out of bed until I haven't drunk this whole, you know, big glass of water. My rule is that when I get down, I go straight to the water filter. I have three glasses of water and then I make my glass of tea or coffee or whatever I'm going to have.
0: So how long in between you have your water until you straight have away. your coffee? You, straight, oh, you away. Can have it straight, straight away. straight away. Okay. Straight away.
1: But you, the first thing you need to get inside your body is water. Now, a lot of people have lemon water or, or flavored water or herbal tea. That's all good. Uh, be careful with lemon water to drink it straight up because it ruins the enamel of your teeth. So if you're going to drink lemon water, make sure to drink it with a straw. Um, but it, it can be warm water. It can be, you know, whatever you like, as long as it's it's water. Okay? So that's what I was going to ask. Does it need to be warm water? Is cold water okay? Ideally, not cold water first thing in the morning. It could be room temperature water. Okay. It could be room temperature water, which is what I drink just for the sake of being lazy. Okay. Mm. It's important to also speak about the quality of the water. You don't want to be drinking tap water because that's full of chemicals, lots of chlorine and fluoride and residue medication that, you know, it's in the water system. Um, so you want to filter your water. And you want to remineralize your water. How do you do that? So remineralizing your water, you can get minerals. So you can buy these things online and you can put them in your water. You could put in a touch of pink Himalayan salt into your water, just a touch. It will be a little bit salty, but you're getting in those minerals. Or you could get these stones, which are stones that are mineral rich, and you put them at the bottom of your water filter. Gosh, that sounds a little bit hippy-dippy. It's a bit (laughs) hippy-dippy, but I am (laughs) hippy-dippy. So even you can't drink the tap water in Singapore. I thought it was supposed to be really clean, lovely water here. The tap water in Singapore is safe for consumption. It doesn't mean that it's healthy. It means that you're not going to get any type of salamalena or any type of, you know, food poisoning from drinking the water as opposed to drinking the water in other countries in the world. However, it's not necessarily water that's going to make you at your peak performance. And another thing is to avoid bottled water because bottled water comes in plastic. Not only is that really bad for the environment, but it's loaded with BPA, bisphenol A. Bisphenol A is a chemical That when it enters your body, it mimics estrogen. Now, both men and women don't want a lot of estrogen in their body, or they don't want excess estrogen in their body because excess estrogen makes us gain weight, specifically around the the middle part of our body, our belly, or as a lot of people call it, muffin top. So that's why we definitely don't want to have bottled water. Okay, so we we have to kind of become aware of the things that we're eating and drinking and putting in our body because food is not just calories. Food is a message. Food, food has chemicals in it that are messengers to our cells and tell the body how to perform. And just like you would have you know, an amazing, beautiful, brand new Lamborghini, you could technically put inside the Lamborghini cooking oil and it would drive. But I bet you wouldn't, right? You would. If you had a brand new Lamborghini, you would take it to the petrol station and you would give it the best quality petrol that you can get. Because why? Because you would say, well, I don't want my Lamborghini's engine to break down and and have issues. It's the same thing with your body. You could technically put whatever you want in it. But you know, the longer you do the bad stuff, the more you're gonna have issues going on with your body. So understanding that what we put in our body and the quality of what we put in our body really, really matters.
0: Okay. So that's first thing in the morning, you've drank lots of water, you can then have your coffee or tea straight away. What's the ideal
1: breakfast? So Before breakfast, I I tell people, get something green in. A lot of people go for that coffee, right? So coffee, coffee is true. It stimulates you. It gives you a boost of caffeine. But I actually get people to drink green tea. And the reason I get people to drink green tea is for two reasons. Number one is it's green. It's got a lot of antioxidants in it. And antioxidants are great for us. They, they support the immune system. They make our skin look good. Um, and, and they're very healthy for the body. The second thing is that green tea has an antioxidant in it called L-theanine. And L-theanine is actually really, really good for brain function. So it increases your focus. It makes you calm yet focused. Okay, and L-theanine is one of the best things that you want to have if you want to concentrate in the morning. And most people are going to drink that and they're going to want to go do something that's worth concentrating, whether they're going to meditate, whether they're going to write something, whether they're going to work or they're going to exercise. It's a brilliant way to get something in. So my first rule is fasting. After you've fasted, you drink a lot of water, you hyperhydrate, and then you get something green in. Then if you're really hippy-dippy like me, you go outside and you get some natural sunlight on your skin. So you either go for a walk, you go stand in your garden, you can have your breakfast in your garden. This is a very, very, very important step. A lot of people see me, they come in, they're eating impeccably good diets and they're exercising like crazy yet they're not seeing the results they want to see on their body. Either they can't lose weight, either they're fatigued, they're just not getting to where they want to be. And a lot of it has to do with their circadian rhythm, their sleep. So we're not going to get into that now because that's a whole other session on its own. But if you're not sleeping properly, you're definitely going to be a candidate for someone that's going to be very hard for them to lose weight, to balance their hormones and to feel at peak performance or to be focused. So... Getting that sunlight in first thing in the morning, grounding and going outside, that's a very, very important step for setting the circadian rhythm for the day.
0: How long do you out for?
1: Sometimes it's, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes it's half an hour. If I can sneak in a walk, a gr- you know, I've got a dog, so I'll typically take my dog out for a walk uh, in a fasted state. So I'm getting in my cardio, I'm getting in my sunlight and I'm walking as well. So, it's, mm. it's, it's,
0: so still no breakfast. Still no I'm breakfast. I'm wanting to know when I can eat.
1: <laughs> Funnily enough, you should not be hungry at this point. If if you're properly hyperhydrated, you should not be hungry. You should be very, very focused. You should actually feel alert and focused and really, really good. And that's when you know when you're feeling at peak, right? So when you finally sit down to breakfast, most people – I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think that having fruit for breakfast is healthy? yeah probably a lot of people do and a lot of people say to me oh yeah i ate oatmeal for breakfast and i had granola and oh i'm so healthy and and i'm going to tell them that's possibly the worst breakfast you're ever going to have why because eating carbs for breakfast no matter if they're good or bad carbs so obviously eating you know croissants and danish and all that type of stuff um is really bad for you but even stuff like oatmeal and granola and fruit is not a great option for breakfast because it raises your blood glucose levels very, very high and that raises in in response to that your insulin levels high and that gives you this peak of of sugar in the blood and then after that a crash. And that sets the tone for the day. So that's going to make you more fatigued, reaching out for more coffee, craving sugar throughout the day. So what would actually be a perfect breakfast is eating protein and good quality fats. Okay. So when we speak about protein, we're speaking about things like eggs. We're speaking about things like smoked salmon or sardines or anchovies. If you're a vegan, you could go for things like hummus, for example. And and when I'm speaking about healthy fats, I'm thinking speaking about things like avocados and olives, um, chia seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds, that type of stuff. Okay, and it could be versatile. You could have a smoothie, you could have a green smoothie, you could have eggs with greens and avocado, you could have smoked salmon with greens and avocado. you could have um, like a a, a keto style bread, which is a bread that 's made or paleo style bread, which is a bread that 's made with a lot of almonds and seeds with some hummus on top, so it doesn 't necessarily have to be just protein 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 right what you 're imagining you don 't need to be eating meat for breakfast. But when you're eating like that, you're basically nourishing your brain. And that's the most important organ for us in the morning, because that's what we're going to be using, you know, throughout the day to actually help us think and focus. One of the things I'm seeing people, and, and you asked me this question before the podcast, why, why are we snacking so much that we're at home? And the majority of us is because we're not focused. When you're focused, your brain's not looking for outlets. When you're not focused, your brain's like, feed me, I need fuel, I need fuel, I need fuel, send me to the kitchen. And then you go into the kitchen, you're opening the kitchen door and you're, you know, the fridge door and you're taking whatever you can and you're unconsciously snacking. But when your brain is actually getting the fuel it needs, you just don't need to snack. You just don't have that feeling of snacking. You get hungry, but you don't necessarily have this, oh, I need to snack all day long feeling. And the brain, the majority of the brain is made of fat. So you need to feed the brain fat for it to function properly. Is all this advice
0: universal? I'm sort of wondering. I mean, because we're sitting in Asia right now. I'm English, you're Israeli.
1: Yeah. It's a very typical Asian breakfast to have something rice based. Yeah. That's yeah. wrong. There is no right or wrong. And this is the thing that a lot of people ask me, you know, what's, what's the diet I should be on? And I tell people there's no cookie cutter approach in nutrition. And if you ever meet someone that tells you that there is one right way, to eat or to not eat, or there's one right diet, you should really veer away from that person because they, n- they don't know anything about it. After doing two degrees in nutrition, I can totally tell you that there, I don't prescribe every single person the same type of diet. But what I'm trying to give you guys, because I'm not seeing everybody here personally in my clinic, right, I'm, I'm trying to give you foundations of what are good suggestions. And I know it's hard. You know, I had a Swiss client the other day and she was telling me... Um, you know, that she typically eats for breakfast, like she likes to eat like a very carby, nourishing breakfast. It was really hard for her psychologically to move to a a protein fat rich breakfast and she was saying, Wow, this is really hard. But after a week of doing it, she said to me, Actually, Kareem, you know, and I feel incredible. I don't feel hungry. I feel super sharp. I feel focused. My stomach's not bloated. I'm going to the toilet so well. So you know, a lot of us are stuck on stuff from the past which is not necessarily great for us. You know, so there's been a lot of research. Don't forget that a lot of us are used to stuff that Was available to us, you know, and not necessarily what's good for us. So there's, you know, we have to distinguish between our psychological ties to food and the physiological ties that we need to have to food, which are totally different.
0: So one thing I'm wondering just, I mean, we're only on the morning routine right now, but for really busy corporate professionals, is this morning routine, I mean, it sounds lovely, but is it realistic? Because most people, they have to get up quickly, I don't know, drink, drink their water, get dressed out the door Lots of people wouldn't have time to spend 15, 20 minutes outside and would probably just be trying to eat breakfast very quickly before their first meeting.
1: Well, so my answer to that is, you know, if you want to feel at peak performance, you need to invest in it. You can't just run out of the door and eat a croissant on the way and expect to be at peak performance. I can tell you that I have my own business. I'm up at 6.20. By 8, I'm in the clinic sitting, seeing people. And I manage to do all this. And I have two kids to dress and get them out the door as well. It's doable. It's all about, you know, do you want to do it or not? Do you want to invest in it or not? You don't need to be spending hours and hours. And Even with exercise, you don't need to be spending hours and hours. You just need to do the right stuff for you at the right time. Okay. Can we look at the rest of the day? Yes, let's get to it. So lunch, snacks, dinner… What's, what's ideal? Okay, so between, between meals, it's best not to snack. It's good to have full meals to eat till you feel full and then to drink water between meals. Okay, So this whole idea of snacking between meals and having morning snack and afternoon snack, it's not great for us. Our body actually needs periods of time that it's not digesting food. Because when you're digesting food, a lot of the energy goes to the digestive tract and it's shunned away from the brain, for example. And that's why people feel very tired after lunch, which we're going to speak about. So for lunch again I recommend having a meal that contains protein. A lot of people I found I find that a lot of people around lunch will have a big salad and that actually makes you very tired because the salad is hard to digest. Really? Yeah. Cuz it's hard cuz raw food is actually really hard for us to digest. Cuz I would have
0: thought that the salad is like the perfect lunch.
1: Not necessarily. So again, around lunchtime, I definitely recommend people to eat a good quality protein, a good quality fat and a little bit of carbohydrates. Whereas in the morning, we didn't put any carbs in. At lunchtime, we're putting in a little bit, about half a cup of good quality carbohydrates. And I'm speaking about things like sweet potatoes and pumpkins and quinoa and brown rice and stuff like that. Okay. Okay afternoon this is where a lot of people feel a little bit of fatigue this is where you're you know if you're having an early afternoon coffee so this is before 2 p.m or a green tea this is where your dark chocolate can come in mm. dark chocolate another type of brain food a food that actually has a lot of antioxidants but also a lot of minerals and supports brain function so this is where you would put that type of thing in so it needs to be what like 70 percent plus cocoa 70 percent plus mm. preferably vegan um dark chocolate preferably organic why does it need to be vegan because you, we're not going to get into this now. But you don't really need all that cow's milk inside it. Okay, you can just have the actual cocoa. Cocoa itself is a fruit. Cacao is a fruit. You really don't need that extra dairy inside there. Um, you can use things like coconut butter and stuff like that to get the creaminess, and some nuts, some berries. That that would be a good you know post lunch snack if you're going to snack on something. And then actually in the afternoon, the best thing to do is to actually get some sort of weightlifting in because that actually balances out your blood glucose levels and it's the right time for the body to lift weights. So if you're going to do your weightlifting session, it should be in the afternoon. And then in the evening, that's your last meal of the day. That's when you sit down. Hopefully you're feeling relaxed and calm. And that's when you can actually have your biggest meal of the day, the meal that's hardest to digest and a meal that should contain carbohydrates. Too often I'm speaking to my corporate clients and they're skimming on their carbs because they want to be lean, but that will affect your sleep negatively. Okay. And if you don't sleep very well, you don't get into this deep sleep, you're definitely not going to lose weight. So very, very often with these, you know, high, these executive people that are working really hard and they have very, very high stress levels, they're also skimming on the carbs. And that's when they're not seeing the results. And that's when they're seeing the fatigue. So I actually recommend adding in good quality carbohydrates into the dinner. And sitting down and relaxing and de-stressing, but eating dinner early enough so that you have a good two, three hours before you go to sleep. And it's dinner when I should be eating all of my sort of fresh salads then? That's when you can have some fresh salads and good quality protein and good quality carbohydrates and adequately hydrating. And then you're relaxing. Hopefully you're switching off all your Wi-Fi and your devices a good hour, hour and a half before bedtime. And you're de-stressing and you're going to sleep and you're getting a good one to two to three hours of deep sleep every night so that you're functioning properly. And when you do that, you actually feel incredible. You feel sharp and focused and your body's working perfectly. Your digestive system's working perfectly. Your brain's working perfectly. You don't feel fatigue or, you know, lethargy or any any of that. Anxiety is much more manageable. Depression is much more manageable. All these, you know, things that most of us are struggling with are much more manageable when you eat properly. Of course, this is, you know, this is the the ideal. Mm. And I haven't even spoken to you about like ice bathing, cold showers, all that type of stuff. Oh gosh, I'm not sure we have time. I'm not sure we have
0: time to do all of those. But are there any sort of small tweaks that people can make? If this all sounds
1: maybe like something to work up to for people, what yeah. are some of the first things you'd like them to do? Okay. First things first is this 12-hour fasting overnight. So having an earlier dinner and making sure that every single night you're fasting for 12 hours. That's the most important thing. And if you can do this consistently, you're a winner. The second thing is hydration. Remember that you're 70% water and that you need to get a lot of water into you. We're speaking, you know, between three to four liters of water a day, at least one to one and a half liters in the morning. Okay. And the quality of the water really matters. So if there's one thing that you're going to do after today is that you're going to fast every night for 12 hours and you're going to go get yourself a water filter. Okay. And you're going to start drinking lots of water. Um, you could add things like lime and lemon to your water. That actually makes the water more absorbable in your body quite interesting it, it gives the minerals inside right you could put a pinch of that little pink Himalayan salt into your water to remineralize it and you'll notice that you're actually feeling better your skin's looking better and you're you're performing better
0: what is in pink Himalayan salt that makes it so mineral minerals?
1: Making sure that you're getting something green in every day. There's an incredible study about brain health and performance from a group of people that were divided into two groups. One group was given a bowl of green leafy vegetables every day and the other group wasn't. After a month, they measured the brain function of these two groups. The group that got a bowl of green leafy vegetables every day had brains that were younger by 11 years. 11 years. Oh my gosh. So what's a bowl of green leafy vegetables every day? It's nothing. You could put a handful of spinach into your smoothie in the morning. You could put a handful of spinach or kale into your into your omelette. You could have some uh, stir fried or sautéed Chinese greens for lunch or for dinner. It's easy. It's easy peasy. Green leafy vegetables, a bowl a day. That's it. But if you have them at lunch, they should be cooked. So yeah. no salads. But yeah. You can have cooked vegetables yeah. at lunch. Yeah. You can have sautéed or cooked vegetables. Soups. Soups and smoothies are actually great lunch options because they don't take a lot from your digestive system to digest them. I highly recommend coffee. Coffee is a really, really good healthy food. Again, I'm a very big coffee snob, so I drink mostly organic coffee. Um, But when I say coffee is healthy, I'm speaking about black coffee or with almond milk or with something like oat milk, but definitely not genetically modified soy milk and definitely not cow's milk and definitely with no sugar. So coffee could be healthy, especially at the first part of the day. We should be limiting our coffees to one to two a day, not more than that. Swapping some of our coffees for green tea. Okay, so another great hack is to, instead of having that first coffee in the morning, have a green tea. It's still going to give you that caffeine kick. It's going to give you loads of antioxidants. It's going to give you that L-theanine for the brain function. And it's going to be less drastic than that coffee spike that you're going to get. So I don't feel like I could do without a morning coffee.
0: But you would suggest that I try having a green tea first then yeah. a
1: coffee later in the morning? I think if you're saying that you can't do without a coffee in the morning, you're not sleeping well. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not, but that's, that's a different, we, don't, we don't need to go into that right thing. now. <laughs> but then you've got to hack your sleep. Okay. So that's the whole thing about functional medicine. It's not just covering it up and giving support for the symptom. It's actually going back to the root cause. So I can wake up in the morning and I can totally function perfectly with drink, just drinking water. And that's where you want to get to. You don't need a coffee in order to function. So if coffee is healthy for us, when should we be drinking? What times in the day? So morning, around the morning hours and before 2 p.m. Okay, so because not after, after 2, 2, PM. 2 p.m. is going to start affecting your, your sleep. Yeah. And pro- possibly the last hack that I would say to you guys is getting in that raw, dark chocolate into your diet. Because of its amazing, amazing mineral content, brain boosting activities, it even balances our blood glucose levels, and it's a fantastic snack to have in and everybody likes chocolate and it's always good to end on a sweet note. I wouldn't have expected coffee and chocolate to be recommended.
0: I'm delighted <laughs> Quite a few people I've spoken to ahead of this podcast. I asked sort of what are their biggest sort of diet work challenges. Quite a few people said it's the mid afternoon snacking that's when they sort of have this lull and they just want to yeah. eat, eat biscuits. What can people be
1: doing in, in that period? First, I recommend actually, it's a natural phenomenon of the body to be tired post-lunch. So taking a few minutes, having a meditation, if you can lie down and actually have a meditation, put your legs up. If you can't sit up and do a meditation, so refuel your be- your brain with adequate air through breathing. Okay. Then a green tea or a coffee if you if you really need one with dark chocolate, berries and almonds or um, walnuts raw, that's, an, that's a great snack to have in the afternoon. But listening to the body, because the body's constantly sending us signals. Uh, and if the body's sending you a signal of tiredness, take a time out, go for a walk, do something. Because the more we ignore these signals that the body sends us, whether it's fatigue or a headache or a tummy ache, the louder and more progressive the signals become until you can't ignore them. So I'm 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 of the school of thought that we need to listen to our body and act on it.
0: My body often tells me I want Pringles, though.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's well, that's telling us the story of what, what did you eat for lunch? You probably ate for lunch something that's kind of aggravated that thought. Perhaps just
0: to end, Kareen, yep. do you have any examples of real life corporate clients who were perhaps you know powering through their busy days, you know, maybe running on junk food and maybe
1: things that aren't quite ideal and how they turned it around. So actually, I'm going to give you the story of my husband. Um, and many wives will relate to this because often husbands don't listen to their wives. They'll they, they o- always listen to other people. So my husband is, a, you know, a, an executive as well in the banking world. And he works many, many hours, sometimes goes through really stressful times. In the last couple of years, he started experiencing massive sleep issues, weight gain around his his waist, fatigue, lethargy. I would notice he would be a lot more edgy and, you know, anxious around the kids. If they would annoy him, he would really be quick to bark at them. And I was saying to him, you know, we need to change this. And he says, well, what's changed? We haven't, we haven't changed anything we've eaten. We're still exercising the same. And one of the things we started doing together was this fasting. So we started implementing the fasting, which immediately kicked off the habit of snacking after dinner whether it's wine or it's mindlessly snacking in front of the TV. Second thing that we initiated was uh, the morning routine. So getting up, hyper-hydrating, getting in something green, going for a walk, grounding ourselves, being in the sunlight. And just those things alone has made massive difference in his energy levels, his sleep, his waistline. So just that alone, such simple things, drinking more, getting up, going in the sun, walking a little bit, and fasting overnight have made immense changes to him. He hasn't changed his diet. He hasn't changed his fitness routine. And he's seen incredible changes. So that's lifestyle more than diet. Interesting. That's what functional medicine is about. Nutrition is one pillar, but you can't just fix nutrition. And often when I see people, especially these very smart executives, right? They've nailed their their exercise. They think they're eating super healthy. And they're like, well, why am I not seeing results? And they're very impatient. And it's because you haven't hacked all the rest of the things in your life, like your sleep, and most often you're eating the wrong diet for you. And as, as we, we've seen today, that you have to personalize the diet to yourself. Yes, there's foundations, which we've spoken about, but there's a lot of personalization that needs to go into diet if you want to really see adequate results.